0: Welcome to Slaughterhouse Stories. I hope you enjoy the stories I have for you tonight. Things that go bump in the night. Hello to all you humans as well. Welcome to the show that brings you creepy pastas, short scary stories, and dark horror-themed poetry from all across the world. This is the Slaughterhouse Stories Podcast, Episode 21, The Closet of Clowns. I'm your host and narrator, Ghost Train, telling you to lock your doors, get under your blanket, and keep the lights on. Remember, if you want to write in and have your email read on the show, email slaughterhousestoriespodcast at gmail.com with creepypasta requests, your own recommendations, or your own real life paranormal encounters. Before we get to tonight's first story, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you're enjoying the show, please head over and leave a review through iTunes and help spread the word to your friends, family, the monster under your bed waiting for your foot to step down, whomever. Tell them be a listener not a victim. Now, let's get spooky. Starting off this week's show is a story by Ray O'Bannon of two adversaries. History says they should try to kill each other, but on this night, things don't go as history says it should. Let's see what new history is made tonight as you enjoy Indian Skinwalker. I like the desert at night. They say it's dangerous to be out here, but I like it. It's good to sit by a campfire and drink a beer, and here where there wasn't any noise or traffic. You can see all the stars, because there aren't any electric lights to chase them away. Sometimes the wind sings to you, but then somebody usually comes along and messes it up somehow. Mostly it's drunks who want to beat you up because you're from the reservation. So when I heard the pebbles shifting somewhere off to my left. The hairs on the back of my neck started to tingle, and my hand inched a little closer to my bowie knife. The figure that came walking out of the darkness didn't look very threatening. Just an old man wearing traditional Navajo clothing and leaning on a crooked walking stick as he shuffled quietly towards me. "'Getting cold,' came the old man's voice, dry as the desert. I expected him to say more, but instead he just sat down across the campfire from me, laying the walking stick casually across his lap. There was something about him that made me uneasy, and my apprehension increased when his hand vanished into a leather pouch that hung from his belt, but he pulled forth only a crumpled pack of cigarettes, holding them slightly towards me. Smoke. Sure, I replied, as my nerves began to relax. When he tossed me the pack, I noticed that there were only two cigarettes left inside. I took one and tossed the pack back to him. I held my chrome zippo out towards him but he instead took a wooden match from his ear, scraping it against a small gray rock that dangled from a leather cord on his neck. The sudden flare of light illuminated his ancient, withered face, and his eyes seemed to sparkle eerily for a moment, Then he sat smoking silently. Dangerous out here at night, you know. He spoke softly after a while. Lots of things come out at night, even things nobody believes in. They still come around sometimes. I smiled a little. You mean ghosts and goblins. Maybe ghosts, he answered after considering it a moment. Not goblins, I don't think, not even sure what a goblin is, but there are other things too, things like the skinwalkers, you know about them? A sudden chill ran the length of my spine as the old man studied me quietly. Mom used to tell me stories about them when I was little, I mumbled. Then you know what can happen, said the old man. They take the shape of a man and wear the skin of a man, but they're really more like an animal underneath. They have powers too. Folks used to say only a shaman could defeat them. He turned his attention to the campfire. His image seemed to ripple behind the waves of heat rising from the flames. Embers danced around him like angry red fairies. Lots of other things out here too, he continued. The wendigo, the chupacabra, all sorts of things. They don't come around much anymore. But sometimes, they do. Silence settled over us, like a damp woolen blanket. The campfire seemed to begrudge us what little heat it was providing. The stars twinkling above seemed suddenly to be laughing silently, sharing some sinister joke amongst themselves. The thin slice of moon sank behind a long cloud bank, as though unwilling to witness whatever might transpire. The beast attacked us without warning. I felt claws sinking into my back as a great weight fell upon me. Then it was gone. And I rose to see the old man falling backwards. Whatever was on top of him was invisible, but I could see jagged rips appearing in his clothing and in his flesh. Then suddenly, he was thrusting the walking stick upwards, and there was a terrible screeching sound. The creature fell backwards into the fire and became visible as it writhed in the flames. I can't really describe it. Imagine a pale white maggot, taller than a man its bloated, mushy body bristling with claw-like barbs. Something like a mouth at one end, with rows of shark-like teeth lining the inside. A clump of black eyes that seemed completely lifeless as it rose from the fire and again hurled itself towards the old man. I'm not a hero. My brain was screaming for me to get out of there. To just run. Run anywhere. To just get away. But then, I heard the old man's screams. And I saw the empty cigarette pack lying crumpled on the ground, and something inside of me stopped shaking and started getting angry instead. I tore away my clothes and then tore away my skin as well, revealing my true form. I was springing towards the ugly monstrosity before I really had time to think about it, which is probably just as well. As I struggled with the creature, attacking savagely with my own teeth and claws, I caught a glimpse of the old man rising weakly to his feet. His walking stick was beginning to glow faintly, casting an eerie green light upon him as he moved forwards. He plunged the stick deep into the creature's side. The thing stopped biting at my face and made that deafening screeching sound again. But this time, it didn't stop screeching for a long time. I'm not sure if it died, or just went someplace else and it faded from view. I hope it died. The old man reached down and recovered his walking stick from where it had fallen, watching me carefully. It's difficult for me to speak when I'm in my true form, but I can manage, if I concentrate. What was it? I managed to ask. No idea, he answered with a puzzled frown. We stood staring at each other for a moment. You gonna need a new shirt? I pronounced quietly. Pointing at talent in his torn and ruined clothing. That's nothing," he chuckled. "You're gonna need a new skin." But then his smile faded, his grip tightening on the walking stick as he studied me in the campfire's flickering light. "You can relax," I lisped. Shaman skin won't work on me." His eyes drifted uncertainly to his walking stick. Still. He said softly. I'm supposed to try to destroy you. Yep. I hissed. Same here, old man. We continued staring uneasily at each other for a moment longer. Then, the old man's smile slowly returned. Crazy world, ain't it? Crazy world. I agreed. As he turned to go, I glanced around and saw the shredded remains of my jacket snagging it with a claw. I turned back towards the old man shuffling away into the darkness. Hey, pops. I called quietly, tossing him the fresh pack of cigarettes that had been in my jacket pocket. I think I managed something like a human smile. He nodded thanks and then vanished into the desert night. I sat back down beside my campfire. A million stars twinkled overhead. They say it's dangerous being out here alone in the desert, but I like it. Sometimes the wind sings to you and all you can do is sing back He could have left he could have let the old man die It would have been easier for him It just goes to show you that not all monsters are monstrous Now we move from a monster from indigenous folklore to Christian myths of the demonic This is a story about what happens when, during an innocent walk through the cemetery, a heavy fog rolls in, bringing with it unexpected visitors, turning a nice night into an experience worthy of hell. Start your prayers early, get your Bibles out, and enjoy listening to Demons in the Fog. It was the early evening. And I walked home from work as a kindergarten teacher, as I usually did. I cut through the large cemetery where most of my family was buried, and I decided to go pay my respects, as I did from time to time. An odd fog began to roll in as the sun set, but I took no heed of it. I instead looked for the specific oak tree where my family plot was. The fog was growing thicker, so I decided to head home and come by tomorrow. I began running into a problem. I didn't know where I was in the fog graves would only appear in front of me, just short of me running into them. I became startled as a statue of an angel appeared in front of me. The angel stared upwards, with its arms raised, as if to take a soul to heaven. The name and date appeared to be scratched out by a chisel or something, but I could still make out the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. As I read it, I heard what sounded like a child whispering the prayer. I looked around, but couldn't see very far. I looked back at the statue, and the angel was staring down at me with a glare, I was startled, but I just brushed it off as a lapse in memory. I continued through the cemetery, growing increasingly worried and out of touch with time. A large shadow appeared in front of me. I approached it slowly. It was a tree, but not like the one I sought earlier. Its branches began shaking, as if something was moving within the leaves. I couldn't make anything out, and assumed it was a squirrel or a cat. But then, out of the quiet fog, I once more heard the sound of a child saying the Lord's Prayer. I called out, but there was no response. I waited for a moment. Then the voices of more children began saying the Lord's Prayer. I screamed for someone to help, but I only heard the children as I began to see shapes move in the fog. It felt as though a thousand eyes were upon me as more and more children joined in the chant. None seen. All heard. Then all at once the voices stopped. The fog felt hollow and empty. The brief silence was shattered by a deep demonic voice repeating the verse in a sinister and mocking tone. I ran like I had never run before. The air quickly grew bitter and cold. The demonic one began shouting in Latin. I kept looking back over my shoulder, but all I could see were the shifting shapes of the fog. How long had I been running? The cemetery is big, but nowhere near this distance. I fell to my knees and began to sob in terror. What was going on? Shadows took form within the fog and began approaching me. Terror. Terror. "'washed over me as I tried to muster breath for a scream. "'But I was too winded from the run. "'Shadowy arms shot out from the mist and grabbed hold of my arms. "'I struggled as they pulled my sleeves back. "'They began to carve Latin inscriptions into my flesh. "'I screamed in agony. "'I looked at the bleeding words as they began to ignite within my flesh. "'My arms went up in a flash of white fire. "'I was numb to everything as I looked at the words written in the smoldering skin. "'It was in English now. "'Words such as die.' gone sorry abandoned and eternal appeared in crimson against the blackened flesh i ripped from their hold and took off faster than before the demons laughing all the while i sprinted for a moment looked over my shoulder and then forward again just in time to hit a tree i woke up as the sun rose under the tree i searched for the other evening i looked at my arms they were normal i looked towards my family plot to see a little boy setting a flower down as his parents watched. I walked over to ask who they knew, but as I got close, I noticed it was my name on the grave. The date said I died over two years ago. My heart sank as the memories flooded back and watched as one of my former students placed a flower at his teacher's grave. Am I in hell? Welcome to the afterlife, Mr. Middle School Teacher. But before any of us actually feel bad for the guy, let's remember, he went to hell for a reason. But now, it's time for this week's recommendation. Like last week, this week I have a podcast for you, and no surprise here, it's another podcast that touches on the paranormal. Check out Ladies Fright, and listen every week as Maggie, Lauren, and Jackie tell spooky stories and try to figure out why they are so spooky. And just because they are from Jersey, doesn't mean the show isn't entertaining, and easily one of the funniest shows out there. So go to wherever you download your podcasts and check out Ladies Fright. Oh, what a fright. Now that I've given you this week's recommendation, let's take a trip down to open mic night at Pub. Welcome, fiends, to open mic night at Pub, where we invite you to sit right here and go into the more poetic side of fear. Poems of murder, creatures and ghosts. All the things that scare you the most. This week at the pub, there isn't much that needs to be said. No banter or lead in or anything like that. Just two poems by the great Edgar Allan Poe. First is a poem that reflects his own loneliness in life. And the second poem shows how his heart was broken by someone through death. And now the only way he can see them is through his dreams. Lean back at the pub, listen to the rhymes, and enjoy the Poe classics alone and dreams. From childhood's hour, I have not been as others were, I have not seen as others saw, I could not bring my passions from a common spring. From the same source, I have not taken. My sorrow, I could not awaken, my heart to joy at the same tone, and all I loved, I loved alone. Then, in my childhood, in the dawn, of a most stormy life was drawn, from every depth of good and ill, the mystery which binds me still. from the torrent or the fountain, from the red cliff of the mountain, from the sun that round me rolled, in its autumn tint of gold, from the lightning in the sky. As it passed me flying by. From the thunder and the storm. And the cloud that took the form. When the rest of heaven was blue. Of a demon in my view. Oh, that my life were a lasting dream. My spirit not awakening till the beam of an eternity should bring the morrow. Yes, though that long dream were of hopeless sorrow, twere better than the cold reality of waking life to him whose heart must be and hath been still upon the lovely earth, a chaos of deep passion from his birth. And should it be that dream eternally, continuing as dreams have been to me in my young boyhood, should it thus be given, twere folly still. To hope for higher heaven For I have reveled When the sun was bright I the summer sky In dreams of living light And the loveliness Have left on my very heart In climes of my imagining apart From mine own home With beings that have been Of my own thought What more could I have seen T'was once And only once The wild hour From my remembrance Shall not pass Some power Where spell had bound me was the chilly wind came over me in the night and left behind its image of my spirit or the moon shone on my slumbers in her lofty noon too coldly or the stars however it was that dream was as that night wind let it pass i have been happy though but in a dream i have been happy and i love the theme dreams in their vivid coloring of life as in that fleeting shadowy misty strife of semblance with reality which brings to the delirious eye more lovely things, of paradise and love and all our own, than young hope in his sunniest hour hath known. I've said it before, and I'll say it many times again before this podcast ends, to me there simply is none better than Poe. Thank you for coming to this post-centered open mic night. But now let's head back and get ready for tonight's main feature: the Funhouse. In the funhouse tonight, we have a story of an orphan who recounts the worst night of his life. A night that starts with a turning knob on his closet and ends with hot breath and the staring eyes of a clown. Embrace your fear and try not to scream as you listen to The Closet of Clowns. Often, we move to different places. It was just my parents, my big brother and me. For me, the hardest part about all this moving, I always had to make new friends every time. I mean, yeah, I'm 15 and I try to be in sports, but it's still hard. I don't quite remember everywhere we lived. There was one town we lived in that I can remember as if it were yesterday. Let's just say I'll never look at clowns the same again. Now, before I start, I should probably tell you I'm actually an orphan. After my parents' death, My aunt and my uncle adopted me, making my cousin more like my brother. Those are the people I'm in the car with now. The first night of that house, after I did my business, I went to my room and got in bed after turning on the radio to my favorite station. I shut off the light and closed my eyes, but I just couldn't shake the feeling that someone was watching me. So I sat up and looked around. There was nothing I could see. I just laid back down and closed my eyes. Suddenly... I heard something in the darkness of my room. What is that? Scratching? I got out of bed in curiosity to find the source. It sounded as if it were coming from the closet. I looked at it, and the door itself was still that I could see, though there was an eerie red light illuminating from under the door. I noticed that the scratching grew louder, and the knob to the closet door began to jiggle, as if someone were trying to open it, but couldn't. Out of my stupid curiosity, I went to the closet and grabbed the knob. Everything suddenly stopped. I went ahead and grabbed the flashlight kept near my bed. I flipped it on and turned the knob. Then the door burst open and blew me back at the wall. I popped up from my bed, gasping for air and breathing heavily. I put my hand on my head. Oh, it was just a dream, I thought. Then I heard the sound of crackling bones. I froze and looked over towards the closet. I saw a silhouette just standing there and staring at me. Its eyes were like matches, and they seemed as if they were trying to look into my soul. I was so scared I literally couldn't move. Soon, I built the courage to grab the flashlight and turn it on. The figure was gone. I realized that there was a tapping noise outside my window. I decided to go check it out. I peeked through the blinds and saw the branch next to my window. That's what was making that tapping noise, I thought. I exhaled and turned. Then I looked up and screamed at the top of my lungs. There was a silhouette in the doorway. Honey, are you okay? A familiar voice said. The figure turned on the light. It was my mom. I'm fine, mom. It was just a nightmare. She walked up to me and put her hand on my forehead. You're burning up. Lie down and get some rest, she said and led me to my bed. The next few nights were exactly the same. Creaks, scratches, the trembling of the closet doorknob, and seeing silhouettes. It got to the point that I told my parents about it. They told me not to worry, that it's probably just my mind playing games with me. I thought then that yeah, it probably was. We were completely wrong. A couple of nights later, the noises began again. I decided to just try to go back to sleep. But there was something different tonight. Whispering. That never happened before. I decided to get up and check it out. I stood there, motionless, as I felt warm breath on the back of my neck. I was paralyzed in fear. When I got the courage to turn, I saw a dark figure and I flew back. The moonlight shining through the window had shown me a face that resembled that of a clown, except the face had blood smeared all over it. It jumped at me and I guarded my eyes. I didn't want to see that horrible, gruesome face before I died, but nothing happened. I saw it jump at me. I uncovered my eyes and looked around. Once I was able to get up and run, I ran out my door and into the hallway. I looked around. Nothing was there. I let my eyes adjust to the darkness. What I saw next was the most terrible thing I've ever witnessed. Not only did I see the clown again, but the clown was pointing up at the ceiling above me. It had a smile that I could never forget. Then, I felt a few drops of liquid fall on my head and arm. I looked up and screamed. I started to cry because what I saw on the ceiling were my parents. There were knives stabbed into my dad. There was one through his heart, his head, the shoulder opposite the heart, and the thighs. My mom had a knife through her heart, her mouth was sewn shut, and she was being hung. Not to mention the fact that the bottom half of her was missing. I covered my mouth, horrified by the sight. I looked down. The clown was in front of me and stabbed me in the stomach. I fell back and was knocked unconscious. I woke up to the sound of police sirens and crying. Then my aunt ran over and hugged me. I cringed in pain as she accidentally touched the wound. I asked what happened, thinking and hoping that everything I remembered was just a dream and the wound was from something else. My aunt then explained through her tears that she and my uncle would have to adopt me seeing how they were my godparents. That night will haunt me until I die. I don't think any human could have done what happened to my parents. That gruesome night is what holds me back from ever going to a circus or a carnival. My aunt and my uncle think I should go to a psychiatrist. I don't think I'm crazy. I think what I saw actually happened because I can still feel the breath on the back of my neck and the eyes staring at me. The orphan had to find his parents, murdered and stuck to the ceiling. He may say he isn't crazy, but who could blame him if he was? And the clan is still out there, waiting for the next closet to come out of. Perhaps tonight, he's in your closet. Now, I believe that's enough scares for this week. I hope you will join me again next week for more stories that are sure to keep you afraid during the day and awake at night. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the stories I had for you tonight. And until next time... spooky